0: Let's pray together, Heavenly Father. At Christmas, uh, we do remember that you uh, came to us, and so now I pray that uh, uh, people, these people gathered, uh, would know that you come to them, because there's a lot of brokenness in this room. Uh, there's there's physical brokenness, sickness, cancer, uh, emotional brokenness, depression. It's going to be a tough week for many in this house, um, financial brokenness, uh, worry of the future, uh, people facing death, having loved ones who face death, and and you come to us, and, and I believe you come moment by moment. Uh, we see uh, your handiwork uh, in a beautiful child or a beautiful sunrise. Uh, we have access uh, to, to you uh, in prayer, uh, in prayer. The book, the scripture that you have given us. Uh, forgive us for not taking advantage of it. Uh, you say explicitly there's a plan for our life, and it's not just our life here on earth, it's forever. So I pray people would see how much you come to them uh, this week at Christmas, always. In your holy name, Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you all. You have a seat. And if you have your Bibles, please turn to a wonderful Christmas passage, Luke 2. I'm going to read verses 8 through 20. If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles in the back. You're welcome to pick one up. And again, you may not get all the significance, but it is a great Sunday, the Sunday before Christmas. Christmas. Uh, with uh, all the Lord is doing through this church, uh, with leading up to Christmas Eve, uh, with adjoining uh, the Advent candle uh, and uh, the baby dedication of a family. Um, you know, often I would go to church or you know, I'd be in college and come home for church. And I just, I wouldn't pick up on uh, that significance and that, that's okay, uh, but God is doing a beautiful and a special thing uh, in our midst uh, and it is supernatural, Okay. Because all of God's work is supernatural. When a heart changes, when a heart turns from black to red, and all our hearts start as black, it's part of the gospel, Uh, that is a supernatural event. So I love this Sunday, and I love leading up to Christmas, and we'll share a little bit more why. Uh, But we have, over the last month, been talking about Advent. Uh, Advent is not just a church tradition. Uh, It's very real uh, throughout the history of Christianity all the way back to the early church, and it literally meant to prepare, uh, to prepare for the coming of the Lord. So early on, the Christians would prepare or would try to be prepared for God's uh, coming and Jesus coming from the heavens from the sky. We've forgotten a lot of that. Today we think about Advent, and we do remember His coming for the first time as a baby in a manger in Bethlehem, angels we've heard on high, Uh, we also remember that He will come again. Uh, And that is just as biblical, scriptural, as the nativity scene. So we remember that. But we also need to remember that, as I just prayed about, uh, He comes now. He comes always. And we've talked about over the last month, how do we respond? Because you're always responding in some way. You're either, you know, when you just check out or you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a response. How, how do you respond when Jesus comes? So today I want us to ask, well, if you say he comes, then how does he come? I get manger in Bethlehem, he came in the past. I get, even though if I don't necessarily, and this is just, I think, talking how we're honest, I, I don't necessarily believe he's coming again. Or how that will look. And you say he comes now, but like, how does that happen? Because not feeling it, okay? How does he come now? Well, he always comes, and I've used this word a couple times in service. Time, it's always a supernatural deal. Uh, I mean, if you take the, the supernatural out of Christianity, you do not have Christianity. I mean, God, the creator of all, the upholder of the universe became a baby, was born, came across history and time. He rose again. Uh, And sometimes we have to really think about that, ponder, like, what does that that mean? So whenever he comes, he comes supernatural. And it's always a revelation. He reveals himself to us. Now, that can be in a general way. Uh, For example... Uh, Many of us uh, love to hunt, whether it's deer, duck, turkey, you know, and you can witness God's handiwork in a beautiful sunrise, beautiful sunset. Um, I mean, he reveals himself in his creation. Mountains, oceans, all that. That's general, but it is, I do believe, God revealing himself to you. God coming to you. But then there are also specific ways that he comes, that that Jesus comes. One of the ways is prayer. That's very specific, talking to God. And prayer is just as much about listening or hearing as in telling God what we want for our lives. He comes in prayer. Uh, He comes through this book. Uh, I have had countless uh, experiences. When I have been reading, uh, it could be my my daily Bible reading time. Uh, it could be even preparing for a teaching or a sermon. <clears throat> and God speaks to me. He comes through something. It's not just a bit of knowledge. I mean, it's a, it's a supernatural deal. The Bible, in the Bible, it says, you know, Scripture is God breathed. God breathed this. And the other thing is, get this. Now, this is important for you and for me. He comes through people. Whenever the gospel is presented to you, Jesus Christ is coming to you. Whenever the gospel is presented, that can be uh, in a sermon uh, by a preacher. That can be in in teaching. That can be in a small group setting. That can be a one-on-one conversation uh, at a Christmas party. Whenever the gospel is presented, if it's presented, and get this, sometimes in sermons or teaching and definitely one-on-one conversations, the gospel may not be presented. If the gospel is presented, Jesus is coming to you. Do we respond? Do we respond? Do we know the gospel? We use that word a lot here. Know it. I believe this passage, Luke 2. 8 through 20, shows us uh, some important things about how uh, we can or we do or hopefully we will respond to the gospel when it is presented to us. And by the way, it is being presented now, today. And I think the questions we can ask of ourselves is how we hear it, that being the gospel, like how do you hear it? And that can be one-on-one, that can be in a teaching, that can be sitting right now. How you hear it, how you have it. Because you can say, well, I'm, you know, I'm saved, I'm a Christian. Okay, how do you have the gospel? How do you have it? You say you have it. And how we hold it, hold on to it. These are important questions. As the gospel is presented, and by the way, we need it presented over and over and over again. You can say like me, hey, Christian box check, I still need to be preached to daily as I read my Bible, as I talk to other brothers and sisters, as I go to a worship service. Just preach to myself sometimes. How do you hear it? How do you have it? How do you hold it? So let's read uh, the story of the shepherds, the angels. Luke 2, verse 8 through 20. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now, listen again, it's important how we hear the gospel, how we have it, and how we hold it. So how do we hear it? Well, uh, this passage talks about that. You see, get this. uh, The shepherds uh, had angels come to them and share the gospel. Uh, The good news. The good news being, Unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom He is pleased. So they saw the multitude. They saw the thousands. They heard it from angels. And then they go... And they share it. They present the gospel. Look at... And I'm going to kind of go backwards here. So starting from verse 20 going up. It says, The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told them. Verse 18. It says that the shepherds shared it. And it says, All those who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. So the shepherds immediately believed, but then those that the shepherds told did not immediately believe. It doesn't say some, it says all who heard the shepherds wondered. Wondered. So, see, here's what happened. The shepherds got angels, angels we have heard on high. Everybody else got shepherds. And shepherds were, I mean, you've heard this before, poor, lower class, and they were praising God but people had a prejudice towards the shepherds now, i don't know if they're like ah oh, they can't be right or you know go back to your sheep you know or just you know give me a break it's cold it's bethlehem it's a poor town come on i mean thanks but sorry uh, often this is often this is how we roll as as people okay the the folks who wrote the bible uh, they, many of them saw angels. Uh, several of them saw Jesus himself. Uh, all of them heard from God. So when the Bible says, Scripture is God breathed, I mean, God spoke to them. So they saw these, these great, I mean, explicitly supernatural revelations. That's what they got. We get a book. And some of y'all don't even like to read. Seriously, we get a book. Not only do we just get a book, we get some very flawed communicators trying to teach that book. Okay? Go back to what I said. How do you hear the gospel? Do you hear it? Are you hearing it now? Uh, Some of you not. Again, it goes back. The shepherds get the glory. Everybody else gets shepherds. The people who wrote these stories in the Bible, get God's explicit revelation or hear directly from God, even though we you know, see God, been with Jesus, we get, we get a book, we get people that are flawed working to, to teach it. So there are two common mistakes that we can make, and I make this too. Two very common mistakes. Uh, either we don't hear it at all being the gospel, the message, or we hear the person and not the message. Okay? Two very common mistakes. So, like, first, when we don't hear it at all, we could say, and I've heard this said, I mean, <clears throat> it's not been addressed to me, although some may want it to be addressed to me, but I've heard it of other preachers saying, man, that sermon was too long, you know? And I've been like, I have response like, this, like okay. Well was it wrong? Cuz for me I for well I mean I'm mean, asked forgiveness. I'd much rather be wrong than wrong. Okay? And and there are some preachers who are wrong, by the way. Okay? And we get caught up in the trappings, I mean and I are like jacked up, juiced up, ADD culture, you know, you know, always you know, needing a constant stimulant, and I'm chief need of constant stimulation, you know, whether that's phone or entertainment or, you know, just wire me up, okay? We're like, too long. You know, we get so consumed with the, the presentation that we can miss the gospel. And, I, and presentation is very important. Very important. But I am saying, often we don't hear the gospel, you know, we'll, we'll miss out. So it's very important how you hear it. And you're like, what do you mean by that? Just go back. Shepherds had angels, everybody else had shepherds. You know, they have God. We have, I mean, broken people and a book. So thankfully, God works through that. The other mistake we make, though, is the opposite we hear explicitly, totally, completely because we like the person so much. And we actually just hear the person, and that can be a preacher, or it can be a teacher, or it can just be a friend, like, you know, I love them so much, and, you know, we're really just hearing their, their life, and just, you know, not romantic, but just falling in love with them, and we may, you know, miss out on the gospel message. Or it can go the other way, too. Basically, we can let our prejudice towards the person uh, so consume us that we end up being prejudiced about the gospel. Right? like, well, I love them. I love them so much. But wait a second. You just said my heart starts as black. Yes. And if I don't receive Christ, it stays black. Yes. Um, you know, talked about this last Sunday. You know, that where does evil come from? Evil comes from every human heart. That's the center of it. And have to receive Christ. And so sometimes our, our love for or our prejudice for or against a person, you know, color so strongly that we, we miss out on the message. We make the messenger the message. And messengers are never the gospel message. So how you hear it, seriously, is, is, is very, very important. Now, then, how you have it? Some of you are like I get that, and um, you're right. I can I can uh, all, I can lots of times think, well, it's this message is too long. Well, and I don't think about it, is it wrong, or I, I can think, oh, I love that person, or oh, I don't love that person. I totally miss out on you know God's message for my life. Okay, but I have it. I've got it. Okay, so if you've got it, you got the message. You got the gospel. How do you have it? You're like box checked. Christian, checked. How do you have it? What does that passage say about this? Let's go to Mary, verse 18. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. How do you have the gospel in your life? Do you treasure it? Do you ponder it? Uh, many, many of us don't. We just say, hey, you know, got it, check. Then I'm not questioning that you don't have it, but I am saying for me too. I mean, I think we need to think deeply about, do we do we really have it? Because if I believe if you get it, if the supernatural act of God's grace has flooded into your heart, then you will start treasuring it and pondering it more and more. And pondering does not mean you don't believe. I think you ponder the, the beauty and the mystery of it, Okay. So Mary, great example, saw this and she treasured it and she pondered it. So ponder literally means to think it out. Like to, to figure it out. And treasure simply means to savor it. To savor it. So we're figuring it out and we're savoring it at the same time. Um, you know, let me get, just give you some examples. You know, I mean, I, I love Christmas. And I don't love it for, uh, you know, my wife and I have gotten into uh, debates about this, uh, but I don't love it for, like, the, the trappings of, you know, North American or Christmas or, you know, try to imagine you're in some, you know, snowy, you know, Charles Dickens Christmas carol. You know, I mean, I love all that, but, you know, you can think of, like, you know, just Christmas and, or 1950s Frank Sinatra. You know, I love, you know, I love all that. That's not why I love Christmas. So uh, I love Christmas because it really gets into I call the mystery, the beauty, the supernatural. You know that there, there is something else out there. Uh, there is something else going on. If God, Creator, became a baby, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Uh, the mystery of that, the incarnation, God with us, breaking through. Boundaries of time and space to live at a point in history. Uh, Christmas is for everyone. Christmas uh, I think if you get Christmas, you, you get Christianity, because then God can do anything. God dies and comes back to life. Okay? So Christmas, Christmas is for, Christmas is for the person who has just lost a loved one and say, "Man, I, I really don't want to go through Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Christmas is for you because you will see them again. And one day in Christ, you will be with them forever. You will be with God forever. Uh, Christmas is for that person wrapped uh, with, with guilt over, you know, having, let's get real, you know, multiple affairs and wrecking marriages. Christmas is for you that God can do anything, can come into your life, change your life. Christmas is for the college student that comes home that, you know, Really, just count the days now uh, to get back to college. That God has a purpose for your life. That God can do anything. God can change your family. God can change your life. God can give you purpose. And guess what? The purpose might not be about you. It might be about Him. Uh, Christmas is for those persons that we see in explicit, explicit sin. For the porn star who can be saved in a moment. Christmas is for all of us in that It doesn't matter where you are failure or king on this earth. It does not matter in God's eyes at the end of the day that we can be with Him and that we can be saved in a moment. Christmas is for that marriage that is just undergoing tumultuous, hard, rocky times that there is hope that God can do anything. Christmas is for that person who is explicitly been diagnosed as terminal because They can know that we are all terminal, but God can heal as he sees fit and as he chooses. Christmas is for the person who is so, so lonely, and they are a little, little less lonely because of social media these days. Christmas is for that person that, Christmas is God with us, God with us forever, and God in your heart. Christmas, ponder that. Ponder that stuff. Do you ever ponder it? Treasure that stuff. You mean it doesn't matter if I'm a failure or king of whatever country? No, no. I guess it doesn't. in God's eyes. Treasure that. Do we treasure the gospel? Do you ponder the gospel? Anyone can change in a moment. Do you believe that? Anything can happen. Supernatural. You ponder it. Treasure it. Do you have it? Do you really have it? This is what I'm talking about. It is the most beautiful, most powerful... It is the greatest thing in your life. It is life. It is the answer to life. It is, it is everything. It's not the entertainment that we seek from you know, whatever we're trying to get you know, juiced up on. This is it. Last thing, do we hold it? So, like, I have it. And I ponder it. I treasure it. Now, do we hold it? And when I, like, hold on to it. Hold on to it. Like, where's this at in this passage? Let's go up. What the angel said to the shepherds. The angel said, Fear not, for behold, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Do we hold on to it? Do we hold on to this gospel in good times? So good times and... We're like on our mountain high, on our peak. Do we hold on to it and know, hey, it's really not about you. It's really not about us at all. Do we hold on to it in dark days of depression and we say, thank God, it's really not about me. God is present, God is with me. Do you hold it? Hold it. Fear not, the angel said. We all fear. You know, chief fear, guy, master, whatever. <coughs> We fear rejection and failure. What if you're so filled with God's love, you could care less what anybody thought? What if? Because all of us are not there. Nobody here is there. No one here is there. As cool as you, the cool club you're in, okay? Y'all have some fear of rejection or failure. Fear the future. If you know God's in control, you really know there are no accidents in Christianity. No fear there. Fear death. You're going to be with God forever. You're going to be with God forever. Angels said to the shepherds, we don't even get shepherds. You get like, you know, me on some Sundays and the book and, or other folks. But the angel said, fear not. Fear not. But then they say, for behold. Behold is something happened. You didn't do anything, but something happened. Behold it. Hold on to it. Behold, something happened, an act in history. A child is born. The angel said this, is born. God is is born out of the womb. Forgive the hand motion there. But He's born, okay? In the city of David, a historical place in history. And this child is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Behold it. Behold it. Do you behold it? You hold on to that. Fear not, for behold, it's not up to you. It's not about how good you are. It's not, you know, king or queen of the you know fiefdom that you it's not. It's not. But if you behold it and believe it, you're like, well, what is the you know the gospel? You have shared it. The gospel is we're sinners. Take the Sunday school out of it, you know, hearts are dark, we're saved. Nothing that we will ever do will save us. The thousands of mission trips we go on, the thousands of Bible studies we lead, the thousands of presentations of the gospel, nope. The, you know, know, president of your career day or career club and, you know, the money you make, the status you get, the power you achieve, nope, no. You're saved by Christ. And it brings God joy to work in you and through you. And you have to hear that over and over again. Behold, something has been done for you. Something has been done. Last thing I will say. Last thing I will say. I had the honor and privilege of doing a wedding uh, with a gentleman. uh, Lives in Yazoo City now. Uh, His name is Reverend Marshall Burnett. He is 91. He's a great man. He's a good man and a great man. Uh, Did the wedding yesterday. Married his grandson, Uh, Andrew, who uh, was attending this church, moved to Washington, D.C., and married him, his wife Sarah, and so Reverend Burnett, he's 91. I mean, I hope I see 91. I hope I'm doing weddings at 91. And, you know, he walks up, first meet him, and, you know, I mean, he's frail. He's got a cane, and big smile, and anyway, we, we talk, you know, I mean, in rehearsal, and there's a lot of time, and it's just us, and we're talking, and, you know, hear about his life, so... He served in World War II, uh, India, and Burma. Uh, said, you know, hot as dickens in that jungle, uh, making communication lines, you know, sailed the Pacific to Melbourne, then up to India. After the war, um, finished his education, went into the ministry, has served local churches across the state. and My admiration was just growing for him and just... Just a great man. What, what a life. Married 65 years. Um, just, like what a life, what a life. And then, he's talking about Christmas, and his wife passed away last year. 65 years, and, you know, she's gone. And, and uh, he said, I mean, th- just, you know, such a life. And he's standing there, and he's, he's short. Uh, and he says, you know, I, I get so lonely over Christmas now. And he said, There's just nobody to buy presents for anymore. And uh, he started choking up and started shaking. And I started kind of choking up. And, you know, and every, like, people were around. <clears throat> and I just wanted to hug him. But I really wanted to say, because I was thinking about my sermon, you know, I was saying, Hold on to it, brother. I mean, not. Don't, don't hold on to your emotions. Don't keep your emotions. Don't, don't ever feel like it. I mean, keep your emotions in check. Hold on to the gospel. You know. hey, what do you mean by that? Even, the, you know, it's such a great life, the difficulty of letting, get this, letting glory that will fade, fade the unfading glory. That was what was going on there. Married sixty five years. Great. Awesome. I mean, I hope hope we make it that long. Uh, what a life. I mean, serve country, serve the Lord and churches. All of that is all of that as good as it is. It's it's fading glory. It's fading glory. And there is a glory that will not fade. So I just wanted to say, brother, hold on to it. So even in in, in the great work of a of a life so well lived hold on to it hold on to the gospel that God has given us the greatest gift that we will see loved ones again that we can rejoice it is about it is about partying celebrating all that we have been given I mean if you can't party at Christmas if you can't party at Easter I don't know if you know the gospel I don't know if you're treasuring it I don't know if you're pondering it it is a celebration yes there are tears and there's sadness but there's a glory of God and, And I know he's holding on to it. But I want us all to hold on to it more. Do you really hear it? Do you really have it? Do you hold on to it? It matters. How we hear. How we have. How we hold it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father. Forgive us of our ADD. Forgive us of just thinking we got the box checked. Forgive us for not drawing close to you in the tough times. Help us hear well. Help us have your gospel well. Help us hold on to it well. In this time that you have granted us. And you have granted us time. May we live it well. In Jesus name, amen.